Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Friday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler, and on this occasion I am joined by Tony Anderson. Here we go. And we're doing it on Friday once again because we're going to talk about Scotland. Hey. Hey. Nobody will listen, everyone will just see that on the on their podcast player. It's totally Scott. I'll just miss it out, so it'll just be another negative troll. But what else can you do? What else can you do? What else is there to say? Uh, just going to repeat, what, repeat everything that we said in the last podcast and just... Sort of copy and paste that over to this one. We're trying to. Uh, there was some new players out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Fleck and Mickey Devlin. And then Palmer uh, played it. Second game. Second game, yeah, played it right. But I mean, from the last time. Um, I think John Fleck. They, they all argued. From the previous match, there were six changes. Yeah. And, the, and the, but let's maybe talk about that, Craig, for the starters. Like, do we think that Clark is just rotating and rotating sticks? Yeah. Or do you think it's more like not having a. A clue what to do, or like you know, they're, they're, you can look at that in two different ways. Is he trying to rotate because he's this qualifying campaign is gone? I'm just concentrating on the Nations League, or do you think he really is kind of at a loss of what to do? I really hope it's the former. Mm. I'm not entirely convinced uh, because it is. It does seem very strange. Craig Anderson made a very good point in the group chat last night, which is like this is so unlike Steve Clark Kilmarnock team where it was pretty much you knew what the starting eleven was going to be and how defensively robust they were, how disciplined they were. I mean, this was a team as well. I mean, you can talk about our, our lack of talent in certain areas, mainly centre-half, which, yeah, I guess does make it difficult to be a better defensive side. But, I mean, Steve Clark took over a Kelly team that anybody at that point would have said they've got some of the worst defenders in the, uh-huh. in the Scottish top flight. I mean, Kirk Broadfoot hadn't played for a couple months because he was that bad. 
Uh, I don't think Stuart Finlay had really kind of risen to the fore yet. No, absolutely not. No, they had like Scott Boyd and stuff, mm. and Clark made that a good side. And I don't know if it's just whether he, you don't have enough time at the international level, but that is not apparent so far. So he's only so he's taking charge of five games. So discounting the first game, but obviously there would be changes to the new manager. And the, the matches since then, so that's four games, he's made 21 alterations to the team. That's pretty wild. Yeah. But I wonder, as you kind of alluded to, I do wonder whether he is just rotating and rotating to see who he likes the best. And to he's create wor- a core squad. Yeah, and then he's working on a kind of starting to live in, in his mind. But he's just kind of given lots of wee people a chance and to play a chance to play with different players, kind of thing, to see what works. Uh, he does play Callum McGregor a lot, which does worry me because Callum <laughs> McGregor is rubbish for Scotland. Yeah, he is, he is rubbish <laughs> for Scotland. And, uh, but um, it'd be slightly unfair to sort of take him out compared no, to. No, no, oh, oh, I was but, just saying McGregor. Yeah. He does seem to play more than most uh, in every scenario yeah. in, uh, for Celtic and Scotland. It's a never-ending story for McGregor. Maybe what the problem is, yeah, but. Yeah, but yeah, when you look at the when you look at the team, you've no idea. Oh, this is really frustrating to talk about. Um, <laughs> but like McGregor, not none of there's nobody that you can hang your hat on. There's nobody that you can rely on in, in an entire team, and I include no. Andy Robertson in that. Yep. John McGinn, I thought was decent last night to a point, but still nowhere near yeah, to the, the player. That, it was okay. Yeah, he was okay. It was one of his better performances, which <laughs> says, which tells you everything you need to. You need to know in that. But let's see, and then Callum McGregor. None of these players stand out. James Forrest, um, Ryan Fraser. None of them come to the fore. And these guys are like they're the core of the team. That you would say, right? They're definitely going to play. Maybe you add McTominay in there, who would probably get into the first yeah. eleven or at least be in that squad. So that makes it really, really worrying because you don't know like, when you don't have a, any player to rely on. Where do you really move for that? And I don't know. And to me, it doesn't look like a management thing because. It, it doesn't matter what the shape is. The minute we lose a goal, it's they just fold. It's, yeah. it's, and it's I hate because when, when I talk like this, um, I sound like um, so like a keyboard warrior ranting and raving in a forum. But it is quite pathetic. It is. Like, there's no you don't see anyone like sort of talking to each other or leading or trying to drag everyone with them and saying let's relax, we can get through this. Because before we lost the goal, we were playing good. We started that second half really well. Yeah. So I, and then the minute he lose a goal, it's like completely like it's manic. Yes, when you look, yeah, and that's that's it's not really forgivable. These this is an international football team. These guys all play at a high level. Yes. And I mean every single one of them, even like Scottish Premiership, yeah, it's not the best league, but it's you're under the spotlight a lot, you're under pressure a lot because the national media, that's the national sport of the country. English premierships obviously the bloody hallowed land that everyone must play in. Uh, the championship down south is considered what the fifth most expensive league in terms of what people are played are paid in it, uh, and then you've got a, guys playing in Spain uh, with Oli yeah. Burke. So nobody's these are all guys who are used to dealing with pressure, who are used to being under the spotlight, who play at a very high level, and not one of them can transport that into the international field. And I feel there's just it would be a waste of time getting rid of Clark. I know people are saying that, but that we need to have some sort of continuity to see if we can build something from yeah. somewhere because an army manager is going to do exactly what Clark's doing now yeah. and then you've lost another another one after that uh, it's, yeah, I, think, I don't know I can't remember we talked about this before but this squad just really lack a dickhead or two 
Oh, here we go. Now we're going into the Chris Boyd. I don't know. Is James Forrest that middle class? I don't know. My mate Chris was sitting talking about all of it, trying to go through all the players that he thought were middle class. <laughs> and then yeah, Andy Robinson, he's got a posh voice. <laughs> 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 Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, who else we got? Right, yeah, <laughs> this, this is how we're spending our time. Not really heard Mikey Devlin talk much. Charlie Mulgrew looks a wee bit middle class. I, don't I know. mean, they brought Gallagher into the squad. That should bring the class <laughs> ratio right down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you maybe, maybe there is something in that. Tell that big prick up front for Russia. Have you see my rap sheet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's unbelievable. I know everyone probably does talk about that, but every time Juba comes on the TV. He, I get surprised all over again, even, <laughs> even though even though I've seen it umpteen times now. It never ceases to amaze me when you see him with the pit. He's he was built in a lab. It's cheating. Like, and the, the funny thing is, is that he's looking like a, a real like sort of dangerous striker and sort of European and world terms now. I think when the world the World Cup was on, he wasn't going to be playing if it wasn't for injuries. So yeah, that was like, the third, Russia's third highest goal scorer. Yeah. But I think I'm sure I read at the time because Russia had a lot of injuries going into that tournament that he wasn't expected to be playing, and now he's like big man about <laughs> campus, rising <laughs> rubbish Scott. Yeah, as we saw with that fourth goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people to blame in that scenario. As another problem with a lot of Scotland goals is you don't call it individual error, errors because it's not. There's normally about three or four players involved in losing the goal. Andy Robertson, don't know where he is again and it was, it was a Jamie Redknapp that was talking about saying that maybe it's the problem with the rest of his teammates I think that's true but that's true to an extent where it's true of literally every player in the yeah, world yeah but yeah because that doesn't stop Andy Robertson closing down crosses right. uh, being in the correct position doing like all the, the lead box. up to the third goal as well where he just completely switched off uh, so I don't, I don't think that's the fault Mikey Devlin son that distracted him dude <laughs> 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 yeah. just no I just I'm constantly staring at because I can't believe he's on the same pitch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't uh, even get a game for Andy Aberdeen's fourth choice centre half is that Andy Robertson um, so I don't think he can I think maybe there's a bit of that because Andy Robertson maybe it all just washes over him because he's so unused to being in the maybe these situations. It's maybe me really stretching out for him to try and defend him. That maybe that just makes him switch off because he just uh, can't believe what's going on. Um, but I think that's just unfair. And he has to take as much he take more responsibility than than anyone else out there. Was there anything in the the match itself that you found interesting at all? <laughs> At uh, the start of the second, um, Shanklin coming on, I just it didn't matter if he was good or bad. It was just interesting. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I said this in the in the group chat because it just getting it's, it's a monotonous, boring thing watching Scotland. But uh, just him being involved because it was polarising people. I was like, just get him on, and we can just be done with it. He started pretty well in the second half. He looked to play four or five times. Then then we lost the goal, and then. I don't think he even got anywhere near no, the ball. I never, literally never noticed him after that. Yeah, yeah. I thought Palmer, in terms of the right back. Play was alright. Yes. Um, I thought Scotland, interestingly, um, I watched, I was at the Hibs Celtic game, and I think uh, Scotland defensively tried to do similar to what Hibs done that day, uh, where the full backs were very, very much tucked yeah. in. Uh, but Something that David Proven did not get his head around. <laughs> kept going on about how narrow Palmer was. But I'm pretty sure that's what he's supposed to be doing. doing. Yeah, yeah, we're trying, like, we'd and it is the opposition fullback he's going up against. If he's free all the time, not necessarily Palmer's fault. Yeah, um, so I think, and it's, it's a tough one because 
you'd argue stop it when there's a guy like Juba in the box yeah. maybe stopping the cross is better than allowing the cross to come in and obviously if you're going to be that narrow it's very tough to stop the cross but you do have to look it's more than just crossing when you're playing that narrow I think you're, you're just enclosing the whole pitch and letting them the flanks you can't score from the flanks ultimately really you're, you can only cross so I think when you're balancing it out and you're when you can't be good enough to cover everything you have to choose, yeah. and normally most teams are. And I thought Palmer done all right. He was sort of positionally correct, and he did get out and stop. This is going to sound this is the ultimate faint praise, but I thought I thought it looked pretty good defensively wise until we lost four goals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, totally. I think in the first half, Russia didn't really create. There was a there was, Scotland started well. I think it was the first fifteen minutes. It was pretty. It was a fairly even game, and then Russia kind of turned up the pressure for about five to ten minutes. I think at that point, McGinn, who'd been playing very kind of advanced, almost alongside Buck, yeah. I think he dropped back fully more. He would still kind of sometimes push up for the press, but he'd then fully drop back in a midfield three, whereas before it was almost like a 4-4-2. And I think that made them too narrow, and that was when they got Russia really used the width of the pitch. Kind of would pass it about patiently from fullback, you know, make it through the centre and then out mm-hmm. to the fullback, probing for the kind of space. By... Putting McGinn back a wee bit further, it allowed the wingers to push out a bit more, and it kind of stopped that happening. I thought for that point, we actually looked not bad. I don't think Russia really created much until they just started scoring goals every. Yeah. It felt like every minute. And in that first ten minutes in the second half, you start to get yourself excited. Like, still can't help yourself, really, yes. you know, despite the, all the evidence to, <laughs> to, to the debate what you're thinking. And you still start going, why? Oh, is Shanklin going to score? Is that actually going to be. Of course it doesn't. Um, I don't. I liked Robert Snodgrass. All right, there was a, a time, and I think he is a he's a good player. But in that team, in the style that we play, having a wide player that can't run is no, is, is, is up. And this isn't this is a criticism of his of him as a player. It just it's worthless. Yeah. He can't, unless I mean the idea is too deep a lot of yeah, to do it. Like, and then obviously when we're we're burst when whenever we did to get a chance to burst through, he's not quick enough. And then to his right, you've got Ollie Burke who can only run in straight lines, can't do lateral movement, can't, uh, uh, he just runs directly into people. Um, there was one, he's shit, by the way. <laughs> he's shit, he's shit. That's, uh, no way is he good, no. I mean, I'd play, I'd play Shanklin definitely over him, definitely. Because <laughs> you can have all the pace and the power if you want, but if you have no... He just doesn't seem to really understand what's going on around him. Maybe he's not a striker, but... He says he doesn't watch football. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But not what, not even what. So when they put on and training for him, when they're doing it, he just shuts his eyes. I think he says, like, on telly, he doesn't watch football on TV. I, yeah, that's fair. I, I do say they get that sometimes when they talk uh, players. Uh, who was one that used to play for Celtic in Southampton? Was it Telfer or... Uh, yeah, Paul Telfer. Paul Telfer, yeah. I, I do get it, because especially now, I imagine you do... Like the video parts of your training when you sit and watch it all, I can imagine that can get very monotonous. And then after maybe watching the game isn't for you, I can't understand that. But you're young and need to watch more. <laughs> as simple as that, uh, or at least just watch specific players. Did you see back to basics to just take a ball to a big wall and just kick it off and just like his first touch? touch yeah, because he's 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 been dreadful, and I, and he's another one that's came where a lot of fanfare and. It's maybe not his fault that so many teams have spent so much money on, but it's never worked, has it? Has he nope. been good anywhere he's nope. been? Was it just because he was bigger and stronger than other Scottish people? Yep. I think that's really what it boils down to. I still yeah. wonder if he'd actually best position would just be right midfield, but I don't, I'm not sure how good he's just crossing the ball or anything. I don't, I don't, there's, I, I Probably see, not very. I don't see much in him. 
um, at all. So let's move on from Oliver. I, I do not really mention him, but I thought this kind of summed up the lack of confidence in the squad. There was a point in the first half, I don't know exactly when, I don't know, about 35 minutes or something, where Scotland kind of had a chance at a counter-attack. McGinn got the ball and he had space in front of him in which to drive. John McGinn, more than anybody else in the Scotland team, should have as much confidence as possible right now. He's playing really well for Villa. He's making these sort of bursting runs with the ball every single week. And he took a couple of steps and he gave it up early to Burke. He tried to play Burke through. There was still room for him to run into and still space for Burke to get a better angle. Angle, yeah. But McGinn just seemed to get, like, play hot potato and wanted rid of it quicker than Pop. Quicker than he probably should have done, I thought. That's just so telling how everybody in this squad is shit scared to do anything. Yeah, even though they're all, like, loves them. Some, as I say, like, your McGinn's and McGregor and guys like Armstrong barely making the squad shows there's a, there's a pool of talent in that midfield and in wide and Forrest and Fraser. It's just, it's really, it's what makes it so difficult to analyse. There's no, um, there's, there's, there's no real reason for why it's happening. And it's clearly just a, a mentality thing but it's not a mentality that these players show as individuals when they go but it's like as they come together yeah, uh, it makes it worse and worse but they all seemed relaxed they were done that VT when they were all playing FIFA and they were all having laughs about how Andy Robertson plays for Liverpool or something uh, <laughs> and everyone seemed relaxed John Lear just sitting on the couch and watched a bit of that and they all seemed super relaxed but I, I think it must be different. Yeah. You must you only have moments of levity, you're not gonna just be sitting around the depressed. Think about when the game comes and then you're maybe not so loose. But yeah, I think exactly what Craig Anderson said the last time, this stuck with me. Um we need to just get a collective of players that we clearly do. They are there's names there that are clearly our best players. McGregor is one of them despite what we're saying. Uh, and then you've got your McTominays, you've got your McGinn, Fraser, Christy. Forrest. Christie, um, loads of sentiment for the Oh, and John Fleck. I thought John Fleck was good. John Fleck, yeah. We're going out John Fleck. John Fleck was good. He, he sort of mopped up well. Yeah. He was, best, best Scotland player. Yeah, and he was like he was switched on again. Mate, he's not played much though, so he's not been poisoned yet. Next game he played, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fucking <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> um, and I know. Like, I know this sounds wild. <coughs> we've actually. We're in a position where we could win three games in a row going at the Nations League. So we, People are going to be saying that's, Zambino, that's, that's Cyprus ridiculous. and Kazakhstan. Right, we'd have to win in Cyprus. I mean, it's ridiculous that that's a massive thing. you follow. That's not me being disrespectful of Cyprus, but like, it shouldn't be that big a deal. You'd go, oh, by the way, oh, we need to go to Cyprus next week. And we're, don't know about that. 3-1. one. the big... <laughs> We did struggle on the home game. Oh, I'm sure we did. Uh, uh, <laughs> did it, didn't play well. Oh yeah, that was when Ollie Burke scored yes. in the last minute. Yeah, and Robertson scored the rocket. Yeah, right. Did, didn't play well on that. So we'd have to win in Cyprus. But we, I mean, fuck, even we should defeat San Marino on Sunday. I can't wait for Ollie to be one now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know you'll beat. You know you'll beat San Marino. Like, I'm in front of twelve people. Twelve thousand people. Uh, and it's just like uh, it's just like a header. From a set piece. Last minute. <laughs> yeah. Steve yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that guy? Lichtenstein. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Steve Park. Steve Park? Steve Clark running the. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what, like Mourinho when he's in the old Yeah. With a jacket flaring. Aye, definitely. <laughs> uh, but there's not much more to say, especially the last time you guys done the podcast, you kind of like Craig Anderson covered it so well and so eloquently that I'm not really going to bother trying yeah. to compare. Um, but if we do win three games in a row, even. Some even, confidence, even with the opposition, you may have a bit more confidence, and we might. Actually and who's, have a who's the teams that we're playing that we've got? Is it Bulgaria or 
it's Finland. Finland. It's Finland. At the moment, yeah. Obviously, these things can change. It's all fluid depending on where people finish. But and Finland, yeah. Unless Finland qualifies, Finland. Finland are, are up there, though. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Finland are two points clear and second in their one. All right. So uh, it might not be Finland. All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> but there's a few. I think Norway and Israel are definitely going to be playing each other pretty much guaranteed, but we'll see. Because even though, right, so one thing maybe we should touch upon, because people say, right, I kind of alluded to it earlier when I was talking about the centre-backs because we don't have a lot of quality there that's undeniable and Mikey Devlin is, is starting and we're bringing on a championship striker so those are still the two areas of problems but Northern Ireland nearly won in the Netherlands last night and Josh McGuinness scored for them. or as the commentator called them McGuinness <laughs> do you believe in McGuinness <laughs> um, I mean Josh McGuinness might be better than Oli Parker <laughs> Certainly similar players, <laughs> and if you're putting a gun to my head and say who do I want playing up front for Hibs, it's Josh fucking McGuinness. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm not. That's not me looking for laughs. But, so. but overall, we do have a better player up front than uh, and Kyle Lafferty started. So McGuinness came on for Kyle Lafferty. <laughs> would McBurney and Griffiths up front? We do have better players. Ah, we need to get integra- Griffiths integrated, and I think we know how that can happen. Is let's just get him on loan at Hibs. And we'll have everyone having a good time again. <laughs> Can do some racist chanting and that in the in the Roseburn or wherever it was, and, then, <laughs> uh, and we can get that. And then he'll be happy. Hibs fans will be happy. Life can go back to the way it should be. And then a byproduct of that can be Scotland can have a, a decent striker again. Yeah, you call for you because at the moment we do need someone like that because we need there's no um, we need something majestic player who can pull something out of nothing rather than obviously these having strikers who have these other attributes isn't really enough it needs someone who can just bang a free kick in for 30 yards because we might get one of those and someone who can actually do that would be helpful I think we should call Darian McKinnon <laughs> um, anything else you want to add to uh, no. actually no, that, that, not that thing there is, there, is a great, there is a great point in that because if you look through the two squads Scotland scores better. Yes, much better. Much better. Like nearly every fifteen players, I think, would make get into their squad easily, and maybe nine of everyone would start apart from Johnny Evans. When he's, he's fit, Connor Washington starts from yeah. Uh, so like, what? <laughs> it just shows. It just shows like there's not a Holly Buckman. It just shows like um, that the standard isn't really that high most of the time, and it's completely mentality based and that's why everyone's talking about this ripping up and starting again I don't know that yeah. it's clearly in it's a he can't, he can't even rip it depends we've not even let it happen what we ripped up the last time yeah. these guys are only about 17 exactly yeah. so no, they're, they're only 17 the oldest graduates are 17 for yeah. the performance school Good. so you can't even rip up yeah, it's <laughs> until the <laughs> start, like, oh we fucking ripped it up again I don't want a shot uh, so just you've got to let that go, but it's clearly a mentality thing, and um, it's it wasn't all. I think it's been a mentality thing for quite a few years, but it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Because I mean, we're going to go on and touch on uh, a game from the past after we speak about this. And granted, we hadn't qualified from '98, so these guys are included in that, not qualified, even though some of them probably were involved in the uh, in the '1998 one, but. Um, we were still getting closer and we were still getting close we were in playoffs at these periods so it's gradually getting worse even though I would argue when you look at some of the players there there's better players now than some of them ah yeah probably yeah it's... <laughs> I think I've had enough I've had enough of the I mean is Colin Cameron better than John McGinn 
Probably not. No, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> fans are going to hate me for saying that. Ah, come on! Colin <laughs> <laughs> Cameron was brilliant, don't get me wrong, he's very good, but John McGinn looks like he's going to go on and have a really, really excellent career at a very high level. Not just being a good goal-scorer midfielder for Hearts, no um, offence. It was okay for, it was good for Wolves. Uh, oh, he was good for Wolves, yeah, yeah, and he was decent for Scotland. Yeah, yeah which, which John McGinn hasn't, so I think it all back. <laughs> can't, can't <be> <laughs> right, yeah. right, let's uh, move on, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we're go- right, so we're going to go into the past now. So we're, we're going to... We, we teased this a while ago. We never uh, actually got round to making the survey and doing it. So we finally brought it back. This is a long run. I'm, I'm, I'm bored. But my intro... <laughs> they, they were right. It's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> right, let me start again. So we came up with this idea a while ago for the 50 best memorable Scotland 50 most memorable Scotland matches and we're going to do a countdown and we teased it on a podcast fucking ages ago like about 6 months or something and we were supposed to then get a, a survey together that we're going to send out and people are going to vote and we've never done it but we finally did that last week so the survey's still up if you want to find it if you've not voted yet it is pinned to our Twitter account so it's the pinned tweet so if you click on our profile it should be the first tweet that comes up uh, there's a link there you can vote on 10 of the matches I think there's about 70 odd possibilities you can pick from and then we'll use all your votes so we'll just put together a top 50 with that and we'll do one uh, one one game on not necessarily every show but just you know probably one each week at a, at a minimum and then we'll just do it throughout the season and in the next season and then we'll eventually count down from 50 to number one so it'll give you a taste of what it's going to be like we're going to do one now but this obviously isn't going to make it in the top 50 this could just be we've just handpicked this one this is 51 no Mike's yeah. got nothing to do with the game, all bad notes. Very, very, very specific man in a very specific moment. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Right, so the match that we're going to be looking at... Oh, shit, should have done today. Uh, I'm just going to have to say... It 2003. Comes, right, it's a European Championship qualifier for 2003. It was Germany to Scotland 1. Uh, famous for being the, the Christian Daily... Christian! Christian! <laughs> Cheap bastard! <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, it was a cheap bastard. It was fucking cheats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was actually going to. I was getting my laptop there because I actually wanted to uh, get up so we could listen. We'll listen to it at the end. Uh, yes, we'll give that a little whirl because it'll be good. Right, so let's say uh, so you 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 alluded to it earlier. The Scotland team was Rab Dallas in goals, a back four of Jackie McNamara, Christian Daly, Stephen Presley, and Gary Naismith, a midfield three. Of Colin Cameron, Barry Ferguson, and Paul Lambert, and a three up front of this game, quite attacking. James McFadden, Stephen Thompson, mm-hmm. and Neil McCann. Yeah, I was quite impressed when I was looking at that. That we, I was like, we really went for it. We, yeah. But then when you look at those Bertie votes as bad, you're like, I mean, it could have just been a tall bowler and he just pulled it all in the hat. <laughs> it's still That's, Kevin Kelly. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was just before, even though at the start of this campaign, we did have the sort of one of the results. One of the many worst results in our, in our history uh, when we drew 2 mm-hmm. 2 with the Faroe Islands. But quite interestingly, when I was looking at the results all through the group, um, there was, nobody hammered them. Nobody at all hammered them. Uh, and like Lithuania uh, drew in Germany yep. as well. I mean, the, the most convincing result was Iceland beating Lithuania 3 0 away and Germany beating Iceland 3 0 at home. So I mean, this was probably a period where teams like it was a, a third period for Germany. Yeah, it was. A, well, that's a really good point because that was just after the, they got to the final of the World Cup in 2002. Yeah. 
Uh, and that was our people would. I think a lot of people would agree that that was probably one of the worst teams that ever got to the final. Probably because you're looking Michael at Michael Ballack and Olivier uh, and Oliver Kahn and Miroslav Closer. Yeah, and that was Miroslav. People didn't think Closer was still that good at the time. He had sort of like an Indian summer for that actual tournament, and he scored like. But I think a big part of it. No, was not Closer. Was it not? Surely can't be Closer. He was still Indian summer. Closer's Indian summer was only a couple of years ago. So was <laughs> Well, Minutes of Closer was good in that tournament. Um, was it 2002? Um, did, not score, um, did not score five against Saudi Arabia in the opening one. I know that's maybe not too big a deal. But uh, a German striker definitely scored five. Oh, I'm going to look up the Germany score of the 2002 World Cup. Thank you very much. Um, You're going to have to talk more. Um, right, and so, as I said, Scotland, as he lined up with... Oh, you've really put me on the spot there, Phil. What have you done to me? <laughs> um, oh, but the subs. We'll go through the subs. So, uh, Gallagher, Morris Ross... Yeah, he came on. He did came on and then got sent off twenty minutes after that. <laughs> um, Andy Webster, good old Lee Wilkie, Gavin Ray. <laughs> um, I forget his first name. Devlin, the midfielder. Paul. Paul Devlin, and then the one, the only, Paul Dickoff. <laughs> uh, I'd forgotten everything that had happened uh, all those years ago in La Manga. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I saw that name come up just when I saw Paul Dickoff I was like there's something I was, I was thinking about what am I going to research what is it? and it just came screaming out at me oh yeah Paul Dickoff was involved in one of the biggest scandals going even though he was rightly well I don't know but he was completely cleared all the players were cleared but like nine of them in La Manga were in jail at one point nine players were in La Manga which and team I, was this again for those who don't know it was Leicester City's so they went to Le Mans, they went for a um, sort of... Close, closer wasn't the squad. I don't know how many goals he scored. He scored he was, he was 23 at the time, so it was definitely not in the summer. <laughs> it was a Mali or summer. Yeah. It was Ibiza. It was an old summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, nine footballers were arrested. Uh, and the reason I was looking at this is Mickey Adams, who was the manager there, and, uh, released a book about a year ago. About it. it. Yeah, yeah, about the whole thing, because he's saying that... Uh, his career was left in tatters after it because mud sticks is what he says even after it, nobody at the top level would touch him after that but some of the quotes brilliant man uh, one of the other players that it was another Scotland international Matt Elliott was oh, involved. Yes, and uh, when he was one of the players that got arrested uh, he um, Adams phoned his phoned was phoning all their wives saying oh I'm like trying to explain what happened and he phoned his wife, sorry, I'm just trying to get the exact quotes here because they're good. Um, he messaged uh, his wife, uh, so, yes, um, so after he told her there'd been an incident on the trip, she uh, she asked the manager, let me stop me there, does it involve women? <laughs> Adam said he told her, well, uh, sort of, but I'm not really sure he's been involved. But I'm just ringing you to let you know that he won't be in touch for a day or so because he's uh, been arrested. Elliot's wife hit back, good, they can fucking keep him. They can lock him up. <laughs> <laughs> then the phone went dead. The city looks changed and at least lightened the mood, but only briefly. That's what Mickey Adams has said. Um, but the, the claims for Adams, though, he claims that he thinks the whole thing uh, was a coup from the hotel to gain more people to come and stay because he said it was a failing hotel and that's why they they paid like they got because apparently a tourist paid the three women to go into the right. hotel to speak to the to the players 
and then they went to the police and said they'd been sexually assaulted. But they all got cleared because they got they took their clothes and they'd done forensics and they couldn't find any sort of sexual contact had been made. So they were all cleared, even though just the week before that happened, the police had came out and said that they'd all admitted uh, individually that they had had consensual oh, wow. sex with them. But then it came out that that apparently wasn't even true. And then the Leicester... Adams was saying that he sent they all sent food to the players in the in the jail and the players said they never got any of it so the police were just eating all their food <laughs> <laughs> Paul Dickoff said he didn't even get an apple needs <laughs> um, his apple yeah um, but um, Dickoff said that his wife stood by him and was, was was a joy when he got back so as I said the evidence would point that nothing ever happened but it was I just when I read I forgot how big a scandal that was and it was right when like the Premiership was in its real like it was gearing up. Yeah, it was like in the early noughties, and everyone was everyone watched it all over the world, and it, it did cause a lot of waves. Uh, but back to Morris Ross and, and less <laughs> less exciting news. Uh, he went. He went. I think we mentioned it before. He went on to be a manager, didn't he? And uh, he's been a manager yeah, Norway. Expensive rod. He's back uh, now. He's at Mull now. Yeah, he's under twenty ones and under eighteens manager. But his last job was um, in. Um, managed a Faroese team called Vinker. Vinker, whatever, I don't really know. But, yep, he's back at, he's back at Motherwell now. He'll be the next Hibs or Hearts manager. Right, so go through the game. So, Scotland had the one this match, would have been top of the group for uh, a game to play. Uh, so, but started reasonably well, but 25 minutes in, Friedrich uh, hits a, a bouncing. It's a weird shock because it, it bounces a lot, but it seems to speed up the closer it gets to goal. Yeah, because Douglas, at first I was like, oh, he should do better. But then when I see the replay, he actually pushes the ball out quite far to the right, which yeah. is what you would say the goalie should be doing. You maybe be hoping to turn around for a corner. Yeah. But I still... Sean blames him. I asked Sean about it. Sean blames him for it. <laughs> Sean... <laughs> Cozy remembers. Like, Sean and Craig Anderson will remember everything in the Scottish. Sean, Sean does admit that he did like Douglas as a, as a Scotland keeper, so maybe he's been overly harsh on him. But he's, he's like, the fact that it bounced so many times, I thought that Douglas should have done better. Yeah. To, to fully kind of push it away. But he does, he does get a strong one hand to... Uh, then it's, it's cut back by Kevin Kearney and Freddie Bobic scores. Freddie Bobic, of course, who would later have a trial with Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did Bolton. Uh, yeah, he, he, did, he, did, he did work under Bolton under Sam Allardyce. Yes. I was researching, I saw him say a quote that he, he quite liked the, the British way. He says that Allardyce wouldn't talk too much to the players before games. He says you get in Germany, you'll get coaches who will speak for 20 minutes and it can come, become a bit kind of monotonous and boring yeah. after a while. Uh, he says Allardyce would just keep it short and sweet. He says one time there were playing in a half time and he, uh, he, he he made a sub and put him on and he just said to the team right go out and fucking win it <laughs> Bob actually said and so that's what we did I scored a hat trick <laughs> simple <laughs> so I had the cup <laughs> yeah probably like should we win today what do you think what do you think go around Kevin Davis should we win nah don't worry about it the boss says we should win oh fucking hell he means it today uh, just can't he picture Sam Adams talking to a German person about calling him a crowd or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then 50 minutes in uh, across into the box Presley gets in a grappling match with Bobic I thought it was soft as shit it was a soft penalty I think what happened is that the, the two of them are, are grappling each other and then Presley loses sight of the ball and Bobic sees it so Bobic goes towards the ball and at that point it's only Presley left holding him yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think that's what the ref sees uh, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't the most clear cut of penalties I think it was a little bit harsh and Mickey Ballack steps up and just smashes it right in the what middle. What a guy. Mickey Ballack. 
But Scotland do fight back. Uh, a counter-attack with... I couldn't see you played the balls in Scotland's number 10. Uh, by the team. That, that, that would be, be Barry Franks to me. Real Franks or Cameron, I would have thought. He played it through for Thompson, going down the right. He crossed it for McCann. A good first-time volley. It's a great goal. And I think Scotland actually put it under... Play, Scotland, over this game, played quite, played quite well. Put them under some pressure, but ultimately lost 2-1. And then uh, the famous moment happened. As we've already talked about, Christian... Betty Vogue's given her an interview to Chick Young after the game and you could hear Christian Daly in the background shouting cheats fucking cheats yeah Chris uh, John but you don't, you don't actually know who it is until uh, Betty Vogue's just going <laughs> to interrupt the interview by Christian because <laughs> uh, Chick Young's at, and it's quite funny because Chick Young's asking a question about yeah. uh, bookings have you felt there'd be too many bookings in the game and was it fair and right on cue Christian Daly shouted cheat I don't know I'm trying to remember was there anything really, really uh, cheaty in the game for what I remember, they were doing a lot of diving and rolling mm. about, uh, which is something. Do you hear that? So say that much with German teams, do you? It's more a kind of. It's kind of seen as a more Latin, Medi- Mediterranean, Mediterranean, Italian kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah. But I, I, for what I remember, they were uh, indulging in some of the dark arts. And Daly says afterwards that uh, he didn't. He didn't realise he'd been picked up on camera. Uh, it was only once he got back to team bus he started getting phone calls including one from my mum and I, then I realised I was a real bother <laughs> but Sean pointed this out and I, I did listen to it and you can hear it go back and listen to it turn the volume right up and you can hear after Daly says that you can hear German players laughing in the background at Daly and one of them says something uh, Sean says he thought they said too good I think they're saying too one and laughing so they're like the same. Two one. Shut your face. It's exactly what if the shoes are going to exactly what we would be doing. Shut your face, you pot who don't need. Pot who don't need jock. Who's extremely fit. <laughs> Christian Dillon had a very good game. It was uh, the Guardian report says that he was probably man of the match. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Germans did say that Scotland were over the top in their antics of this game. Uh, Rao, a twenty-one-year-old from Bayern Munich at the time, said that was the hardest, most physical match I've ever played in. <laughs> I tried to tell the Scots to calm down that it was only a game, but they didn't want to listen. It was only a game. <laughs> I mean, let's look at it, to be fair. Presley, <coughs> Daly, Ferguson, Thompson, maybe even Lambert as well. You can imagine them all. Even McCann, uh, McNamara, some guys that'll kick you though. Aye, definitely, yeah. Well, we've got a problem now. Who's, who's going to kick something uh, the pricks? We don't even have... Stephen Presley. <laughs> Real, really gone down the rabbit hole now. <laughs> oh, we don't have Stephen bloody Presley. We don't have any players in the team. That's your problem. We yeah. need a big physical hops team. We could do with fucking James McFadden. No, because he was he he held a, he held us together when we were shit, but made sure we didn't drop below like third in a group to make sure that we could stay sort of in the right qualifying pots. That was handy of him. Um, there was another interesting thing that the referee Craig. Oh, Anders yeah. Frisk. Oh, yeah. Who was the one who retired after he got death threats uh, from Chelsea fans after Jose Mourinho claimed that he saw him go into Frank Reichardt's oh, dressing right, yeah. room uh, when Barcelona beat Chelsea 2 1 at the New Camp. Uh, and yeah, he had to quit. He was, was getting. It, was it not? Was it at the new camp? I thought it was at Stamford Bridge. No, that one was at the new camp. Right. I think there was another leg, and that's when he was in the. I think that might have been the one when he was in the the legend of him being in the washing up basket. All oh, right. Yeah. But Anders Fisk actually had to retire uh, because the death threats were were, were that bad. Probably. And that was only a couple of years after this. And he was like, like considered one of the best referees in the world at forty three, but. 
yeah, that was just that was just Mourinho getting started. <laughs> That's the rest. We'll be getting rid of physios. Anyone that comes in my wake, I'll be throwing everyone under the bus that I've parked. So the Germany manager for this game was Rudy Voller. Now, Voller, of course, famously played for Germany. He wasn't supposed to be the national coach. The German FA had originally wanted the Bayern Leverkusen boss Christoph Doom or Daum in the year 2000, but he still had a year left to his contract. So Voller was actually a sporting director at Leverkusen at the time. Uh, so he kind of offered to take in, take charge of the team, and then when Down's contract ran out, he would he would take over. But uh, Down, I'm just going to call him Down. Yeah, go for it. Uh, didn't end up taking the job due to drug issues. So Voller stayed on. So Voller was the the coach, and obviously he had uh, he done not too bad at the 2002 World Cup oh, yeah. with a Germany team that wasn't particularly great, and he ended up staying the role. But Germany, they did go on obviously to this one in the group. I think, is that right? I think it did, yeah. I think it was four point difference. So this one in the group. And they went to the Euros, but they were pretty pish. They didn't even win a single game in the, the group stage. Uh, going up against, it was a reasonably tough group because it had the Netherlands and Czech Republic. Yeah. Right? Czech Republic went to the semis, but it also had Latvia and they failed to beat them. That finished 0 0. Latvia were at Euro 2004. Apparently so, I don't remember that whatsoever. Marion Pahar's playing. It's only Latvian. Surely would have been. I can't, the only Latvian player I can think of. Top of my head. <laughs> uh, but Voller, obviously, really Voller was involved. Whenever you start with Rudy Voller on Google, uh, things that come up the most are the famous spitting incident with Frank Reichardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking back at that clip, I'd, I'd, I'd always remember that clip, but I'd forgotten how much of a fucking shocker it was that Voller was sent off. <laughs> Reichardt booted him. I <coughs> spat at him. Uh, they both got booted for that. Uh, then he, then there was a there was a set piece and Voller kind of ran for the ball as the goalie kind of came to. He, he did his best to get out of the way into the ground. Rijkaard comes steaming over, I'm screaming at him, hauls him up, and the two kind of get into it. And the referee sends them both off. <laughs> Voller then fuck off. Well, <laughs> then it's Rijkaard spits on him again. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you'd be Rijkaard. And he, uh, there's a point where he, see, he knows that he's been spattered again and he looks like he's, he runs away, he looks like he's got a lamp on, but he actually just runs past him and keeps cool. Oh, aye. And uh, Rijkaard came up to him the next season because they both played in Italy and uh, apologised for it. And uh, they ended up doing... Really a, just got back in his face. Yeah. They, they ended up doing uh, an advert together where they were both dressed in dressing gowns out in the sun out in like a wee patio thing <laughs> and it was a butter advert. <laughs> really? Yeah. What, it was a, a German a, butter a German advert. advert. Yeah. Uh-huh. Utterly butterly. <laughs> uh, I suppose sometimes when uh, sort of when people don't know each other that well and they have these massive moments that would seem like you would call it eternal beef, but the fact that there is an apology means yeah. that you'll start when you wouldn't have ever spoken before. You'll speak then, and then suddenly you can maybe become friends. Rudy Voller's nickname. Enlighten me. This is brilliant. Aunt Kathy. <laughs> just presumably because of his term uh, yeah I can't think of anything else it would be Aunt Cathy who'd done the utterly butterly <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I had was uh, Bert Schneider the only thing I found out about him was that he was nicknamed the White Brazilian which is probably offensive for two reasons <laughs> the obvious reason and also pretty sure you get White Brazilians <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because Bert Schneider, they were all part of that. That was just after that Bayer Leverkusen season when that team got broken up. Because yeah. the guys in that team lost the German Cup final, the league on the last day, the Champions League final, and then the World Cup final. All in one. Right. All in one season. 
from laughing. Yeah, fucking unlucky. But it's hard to get. Right, I think we're just about done, are we? Um, Aye, that's still, good fun. That's still, a good fun. Still got a couple of minutes. What are you doing uh, this weekend, Tony? Oh, bloody hell. Of uh, all the times that you've asked me, this is me being quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for dinner tonight at a friend's house uh, and maybe try and squeeze in a view from the terrace, which I think's on... Uh, uh, 10.30 on uh, BBC Scotland. We'll ask you that in a second. It's also available on iPlayer if you're listening to this too late. Okay, well... Uh, and then tomorrow I'm actually going to go and see my mother because this is what I do at International Weekend, right? So I always go and see my mum at International Weekend because I'm not going to the football and drinking for eternity during the day of that. So I just go and see my mum that time because I think it's the right thing to do. It's always International Weekend I'll go. And then Sunday I think I'm going to go get an Indian and go and see the Joker. All right. Uh, I've heard... It's one of those I'm hearing very, very good things but then it's getting quite polarised. I think it's when anything's good. What, what time be, is this on Sunday? Uh, how do you want to come there? Uh, uh, well, me and Mandy are thinking we're going for a Desi's. Okay, as well, yeah, I'm always a fan of a Desi's. Yeah, so we're going to so go for it. It's an Indian leaf walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's now just Monday, just me and Fowler planning a, a shit Sunday evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, it was going to be early evening, like it wasn't going to be super late. Right, okay. okay. I'm a bit. Six o'clock. I ran so. away hill walking with my sister that day. So. Oh, yeah? What what one's she doing? Uh, I don't know. Is it a Munro? They were going to do it last week, but it was just pissing down, so they didn't bother. I'm going to do a Munro? I think they are. She was going to rope me into it, but uh, I think now my sister's shown her enthusiasm, and I think I've managed to get out of that. <laughs> I like staying fit, but I don't, I don't like hill walking. Do you not like doing Munros or that? It's too, too long. I quite like them, man. Do I like running, I like getting places quickly. <laughs> no, yeah, you're a busy man. You don't no, time for fucking around. No, <laughs> walking slowly totally. up a slope for ages. I'd be like, actually, fine enough, I'll tell you a nice story. I actually thought the game that you were going to be talking about this one, I told you this was yeah, yeah. everyone. Because uh, uh, Michael Balak was my favourite player. Uh, as you know, when I was growing up, everyone found a bit weird. But I just loved the goal scoring midfielder, man. Coming late, headers, <laughs> rockets, penalties. And uh, the night before that game, when we were kids, it was when Kenny Miller scored first and they yes. drew 1 1. I was meant to be going to that. The night before, I was drinking while camping at Davidson Mains, which was in Edinburgh. And uh, at one point, I had my jeans round my ankles, and the ball went in there. We had a football, and I tried to volley the ball with my jeans round my ankles and dislocated my knee. Everyone <laughs> 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 came over, and then friends came over, thought I was taking a piss, kicked the ball at my knee twice, <laughs> absolute agony, and then poured a bit of booze on me and threw some grass on me because they all thought I was taking the piss. And then I could barely walk, and I had to get taken to hospital in the morning. <laughs> And, and, I, and I had a ticket for the game and as you know that was my only chance to see Michael Ballack in the flesh and I lost it due to that stupidity <laughs> there you go <laughs> I think that'll do <laughs> thanks very much for listening uh, make sure you listen to the Patreon as well where we're going to do some uh, club stuff we're going to be looking at the the best Scotland 11 in the, the Premiership right now but we can only pick one player from each team uh-huh. and we're going to Put that against a foreign eleven. So we're going to do it each. And that includes that includes uh, wider British. Yes, ah, yeah. So non-Scots. Yeah. Scots against non-Scots. Yeah. Right. So tune in that if you like to get that. That's uh, patreoncom podcast You can also find us on uh, Twitter. I mentioned earlier, get voting in that Scotland poll if you want to have your say, and uh, just tweet us anything else you fancy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, there's Facebook as well. And I think that's it. Give us some ideas. Don't yeah. be shy, everyone. If you want a feature, anything you want, tried put out there and then we'll decide if it was good or shit and then we might do it yeah so thank you very much bye bye sports
Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.